Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Hello and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yael Pinto, and together with me, as always, is Jonathan Hassan, my good friend for, I think, more than 20 years, and TV7's editor-in-chief. So, good to have you here with me today. It's a blessing, as usual. <laughs> and, you know, today we have big topics. We have, of course, the Ukraine-Russia crisis. You know, some people call it already war, and we really would like to understand what's going on there. But before we dive into all this, uh, you know, stuff, let's uh, pray and ask God to lead us and to bless uh, this program. Absolutely. I actually, before we do so, mm-hmm. uh, we have a team in Ukraine uh, mm-hmm. that is uh, working there, as you know, uh, with uh, our staff uh, residing in both in Poltava and Kiev and, and other places. They're there. I, I had a conversation with uh, the director uh, in Ukraine, and the Russian mm-hmm. TV7 channel, uh, which dubs TV7 Israel News into Russian and, and uh, other programs as well. Uh, at this stage, they still didn't have contact with our staff because of the situation there. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we will keep them also in prayer uh, for their safety. We know that uh, God is our uh, protector. He takes care of us and uh, ultimately uh standing side by side with the believers also in Ukraine, also in Russia, and in the entire region. We need to pray for all sides. This is a game of thrones, okay? This is uh, a struggle of power on a global scale. This uh, uh, regional development, if I may call it this way, is just one layer out of many layers and, and many aspects, but we will dive deeper into those later. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it's glad to hear that they are safe. And since last you heard from them that they're doing well, but we really want to lift them up in uh, in prayer. And if you could please join us back at home, we want to pray for, for the people of Russia, for the people of Ukraine, and for the people uh, of the world. Thank you. Thank you that you're in control. Thank you that you're in control of all these you know, big conflicts. And we know that in conflicts of nations, usually the people who get hurt are the individuals, the small people who just want to live their lives. So we would like really in these hard times to ask you to reach these people that are searching for, for safety, for security, for something stable to rely on and that they will find you because you are our rock, you are the Prince of Peace and you're in control of everything that is happening. So. God, we also like to pray for TV7 team in uh, Ukraine and the rest of uh, Europe, as well as here in Israel. We like to also ask you to join us here in this program and bless us, bless the technical team, bless Jonathan and myself, and bless our viewers back at home. B'Shem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Okay, so, you know, everything online and on the news and all the networks are talking about Russia and Ukraine. 
Okay, and with all so much information, it's kind of hard to understand really what's going on. Maybe you can give us a bit of, uh, you know, a clear understanding of the situation so that we can, you know, know what to pray for. Indeed. Well, let me start with a a sentence that I I always come back to, uh, and I've said so for many years, and that is the quote by Senator Hiram Johnson, Mm -hmm. who uh, shortly before the U.S. entry into World War I, stated the following, and he said, the first casualty when war comes is truth. Mm -hmm. I I always paraphrase it to the first casualty of war is truth, or the first casualty of conflict is truth, but ultimately, uh, when you are tuned in to a news channel in your country, you're basing your understanding and your um, ingestion, if you will, uh, of uh, all the information that is coming out of the country based on on multiple layers that are then uh, translated into a way that you could relate to, that could raise the ratings to a certain degree, mm-hmm. the specific stories within the, the aspects. Um, I can tell you firsthand that uh, whoever has been to war knows that most of what is being said on, on the screens, uh, it's just false. Completely uh, different than the reality. It's different from the reality. In today's day and age, to, to be fair, there is much um, information sprout, uh, sprout out, uh, thrown out into social media. Mm-hmm. Much of it is also counterintelligence. So uh, if you think that the intelligence communities in, in Ukraine or in Russia do not currently work tirelessly in order to shape public opinion in their favor, you're very mistaken. <laughs> and when I say in their favor, doesn't necessarily mean for you to like them, but rather that you would then uh, trigger emotional perceptions in yourself that may uh, cause you to act towards your own mm-hmm. uh, government, towards your own uh, institutions from a democratic perspective, that is. And so when, when we look at the situation in Ukraine uh, currently and seeing the, the various uh, images and information coming out of uh, this uh, area, it is heartbreaking, obviously. You know, uh, at the beginning when I spoke to a few people going in, whether they are uh, special operations operatives uh, from different special forces units from from Europe or, or elsewhere, um, they all said, you know, uh, we hope it doesn't get too nasty because war is always nasty. It doesn't matter how much you you hope that there's not going to be the so-called collateral damage there is already collateral damage the moment you throw sanctions on russia the number one um, exporter of of natural gas to to europe uh, and to the greatest economies within europe it's going to impact the cost the 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 cost of living of each and every one living in europe in the united states and elsewhere Okay, so we need to keep things in perspective to understand that there are greater powers in play here. We need to understand that uh, the uh, war has always consequences, not only on the countries that are facing those wars, but on the entire world, especially 
when superpowers are involved. Yes, and, and here, you know, usually we focus on Israel and the Middle East, but also we focused on events that have direct or indirect implications on the peace of Jerusalem and Israel. So, you know, Russia, Ukraine, okay, it's Europe, it's a bit far from Israel, but how does this thing affect us? Maybe we can put a, like a, a map of uh, Europe and we see the, you know, how far is actually Israel compared to Russia and Ukraine? Indeed, yeah. and well, we're talking obviously about Russia, which is the largest territorial contingency, mm -hmm. a sovereign contingency in the world, okay? So uh, we're starting here. This is Russia on this side. Here's Ukraine. And we see the border with Georgia. Mm -hmm. Of course, we remember the war in the mid-2000s uh, when there was uh, uh, quite the intensive war between Georgia and uh, Russia. Then under that, we see Armenia, Azerbaijan, Turkey being a very big landmass itself, then Syria, then uh, Syria and Lebanon for that matter, and only then we're talking about so it, Israel. So it is pretty far with a bunch of countries it between us. It is pretty us. far. However, if we go to our, our maps, uh, our regular map of, of our region, which uh, we use on, on uh, TV7 Israel News, and the the data of uh, or the database or the the storage of mm -hmm. maps is going uh, yeah we to, are working a lot on, on our maps yes indeed. but <clears throat> we can really see that israel is bordering syria on the north on a very small strip of land mm -hmm. now from israel's perspective its border with syria is its border with russia Okay, Syria, for all intents and purposes, from a strategic perspective, is under Russian control. Moreover, there are Russian MPs, military police, patrolling the area, mm -hmm. okay, along the border with Israel. So there is a, a Russian force across the border that <coughs> ensures, uh, for its own interests, that... The Iranians will stay at bay as yeah. much as possible, that there won't be any clashes with Israel uh, to keep the calm, to keep the peace as much as possible. And they are a, uh, from an Israeli perspective, they are a constructive force. Okay. In Syria. As they also have, uh, they have military bases inside Syria. Indeed. In Taltus, in Latakia, uh, hot water uh, beds, of mm -hmm. course, we call them on the side of the Mediterranean Sea. So they also have interest there. They have uh, energy research and mm -hmm. drilling uh, uh, contracts uh, that uh, they are uh, seeking to extract gas from uh, the, the exclusive economic zone of, of uh, yeah. Syria. So <clears throat> when Israel looks at the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, it looks at it from a few angles. Mm -hmm. One angle is there's a large Jewish community both in Russia and in Ukraine. This is number one. Yes. Number two, when it looks at uh, Russia specifically, uh, particularly, it also looks at its northern border and it sees Russia as its neighbor. Also, we have a coordination mechanism with a Russia. A deconfliction mechanism, yeah. indeed, to allow us freedom of operations. Um, 
but this is also a Russian interest. Okay, this goes both ways. Okay, uh, whoever tells you otherwise uh, doesn't really understand military affairs. But for us to understand the Israeli position, mm-hmm. uh, Israel is currently in a very tricky situation. Of course, we have much business both in Ukraine, also in Russia. So there is a lot of links. Uh, many links that establish a, a strong connection between the Eurasian area, uh, which includes also the Baltic states and other states in the uh, the region, uh, to Israel and, and vice versa. It, it goes both w- uh, ways. Now, with that being said, Israel is linked to the United States. Yes. Okay. It's linked to NATO. Uh, the number one priority of the state of Israel from a diplomatic perspective is the United States. Mm -hmm. Number two, Germany. Okay, Uh, this might surprise people. More economically speaking, right? Um, Economically speaking, from a German perspective, Israel is treated with gloves of silk. From a German perspective, Israel has special status because of the dark history of the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. So the Germans are committed, doesn't matter left or right, the, the majority of Germans, and I'm talking about the vast majority, mm-hmm. are committed to the security of the state of Israel and to that of the Jewish people. So we see also a strong connection on that front, which uh, provides Israel, obviously, with a strong um, backer within the European Union. Okay, which is not necessarily the most friendly towards Israel for other reasons. So Israel has a lot to gain if it like aligns with uh, the United States, with Germany, with NATO, uh, compared to Russia. But it also, on the other hand, has a lot to lose if she opens a front or sides against Russia. What, what did Defense Minister Benny Gantz repeatedly say? Mm-hmm. Also, those who win wars lose. They lose, uh, you know, for us who lost friends in the military, who lost family in the wars here in Israel, and uh, also others currently watching at home who who lost their comrades, their brothers in arms, if you will, or sisters in arms uh, in in different conflicts. Ultimately, we know this loss and we uh, can relate to the challenges that it poses to societies. Mm-hmm. Wars are devastating. There are no good wars. All wars are are um, fought for specific interests, and ultimately uh, the security of your citizens and stability is also an interest. Okay, so it, it converges within mm-hmm. that aspect. But ultimately, when we look uh, from a perspective here in, in Israel, we cannot openly uh, come out and say, okay, we're going to uh, support Ukraine or we're supporting the Russian stance. No, it's it's uh, called realpolitik to a certain yeah. degree. What is the official response of Israel? So uh, the foreign ministry, and I actually printed it out beforehand, mm-hmm. it, it's Diplomacy 101. Okay? okay, so it says as follows, Israel shares the concerns of the international community regarding the steps taken in eastern Ukraine and the serious escalation in the situation. Israel hopes for a diplomatic solution, which will lead to calm and is willing to help if asked. Now, this is an, 
somewhat overstepped. Many people suddenly looked at this and they said, oh, Israel supports Ukraine. Well, it does support Ukraine, but it also uh, supports its relations with Russia. Mm -hmm. So uh, it said the following, Israel supports the territorial integrity and the sovereignty of Ukraine. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, it's, it's quite interesting that in Hebrew, it says even more. It says uh, the entire territorial ah, okay. integrity. However, this is open for interpretation. It is open <laughs> to interpretation, um, as I often do, uh, or often daily do. Uh, I was speaking with Amir Oren and, and mm -hmm. other of our uh, colleagues with regard to, okay, what does this mean? What is the terminology used? Where can we look at it from different angles? And uh, one of the points that came up was the fact that, well, that's great. The statement is brilliant. It maybe makes the Ukrainians happy here. They're speaking about us, but didn't write, he, speaking about the foreign minister, mm -hmm. didn't uh, approve any word named Russia. So yeah. there was no mention of Russia at all. And moreover, Putin respects the territorial, uh, territorial integrity of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Now, his interpretation might be very different <laughs> yes. than what the president of Ukraine or, or the president of the United States or any other world leader may interpret, but ultimately, each one has his own narrative, each one has his own interests, and each one will package mm -hmm. the way they act towards a certain reality in their own interests very, very in front of their eyes, okay? So th yeah, this needs to be kept in mind. That's interesting. So basically, you know, Israel wrote a statement that will make everybody happy, not happy, not mad, then we can still be friends with both sides and playing both games again uh i you know also ukraine also the united states also russia itself everybody understands the unique situation israel is currently in mm -hmm. and uh, there were some reports of of you know ukraine being angry with israel that it's not more vocal i'm very sorry but the deputy foreign minister of ukraine visited israel mm -hmm. before the, uh, during the whole situation before uh, the hostilities actually escalated. And uh, from what I hear, uh, they voiced understanding, mm -hmm. okay, towards Israel's position. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, if, if they don't understand our position, uh, there was much anger in, in Armenia at the time uh, when it was in conflict with Azerbaijan over mm -hmm. Nagorno and Karabakh. Um, but uh, ultimately, when you try to entice your public against uh, another country for having good relations with your enemy, um, while at the same time having good relations with the enemy of that country you're enticing against, uh, I'm very sorry, but that doesn't work. Yeah. That doesn't uh, touch uh, on the emotions of, of leaders because there is no emotions in diplomacy. It's interests. It's interests because interests means that I take care of my people. I take mm -hmm. care of mm -hmm. my nation. I take care of my country. Now, they may be selfish, but ultimately when you need to take care uh, of people who every day want to go to work to take care of their families and their circles, 
ultimately society as circles of friends yeah. uh, united with yes. uh, a certain contingency in the past. Today it's a more pluralistic a uh, aspect mm -hmm. in many countries. But ultimately those circles, we need to also understand that many of those circles, be they in, in Ukraine, be they in Russia, mm -hmm. many are believers and many are our brothers and sisters in Christ. So we also need to remember that. Mm -hmm. And when, uh, you know, I was speaking with uh, our research assistant uh, who is helping very much with Europa Stands, mm -hmm. who is re resides in Moldova, and she communicated with some person um, who visited about, you know, uh, uh, the situation. And she said, yes, we need to pray for Ukraine, and I'm fasting and praying for Ukraine right now. And then she said, yeah, we need also to pray for the Russians, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, if you regard them as your enemies, God calls us to pray for Russia nonetheless. Yeah. And the lady immediately lashed out at her saying, no, I cannot pray for Russia, you know. I'm very sorry, but that's unbiblical. Yeah, yeah, it's very hard. I know this from here in Israel that we were called to pray for our enemies. And then, you know, we, we grew up, both of us here, during the Intifada and the bombs exploding and then you know at the congregations the churches we were taught to pray for the enemies and it's very hard to pray for somebody who just tried to blow you up Absolutely. going to school but going back to, to the situation in ukraine and uh, russia so so far the united states uh, enforced some sanctions on on russia economical sanctions basically blocking uh, russia's ability to sell oil and this affects directly Iran, which also goes together with the situation of the nuclear deal. Maybe you can give us, you know, connect these dots for us. So in the Treasury, uh, the U.S. Treasury uh, mm -hmm. statement that they uh, released, it actually said the U.S. Treasury imposes immediate economic costs mm -hmm. in response to actions in Donetsk and Luhansk regions. Mm -hmm. And uh, we reported on this, uh, obviously, last week mm -hmm. because of one element, which includes two components. Two of the oil tankers mm -hmm. that were uh, sanctioned were already under sanctions, okay? They, they were under the sanctions against Iran because mm -hmm. the Linda and Pegas, uh, those two vessels, one of which, by the way, has been at port in the Phosphorus in Turkey for almost six, seven months, and we've been monitoring those vessels for quite some time, because those vessels, very much like is happening from Iran to, to China, to Venezuela, to other places around the world, it is um, shuttling crude oil against U.S. sanctions, despite talks taking excuse me, place in Vienna, despite the fact that sanctions are still in place against Iran's uh, oil and, and gas industry, exports yes. and, and so on. They have been transferring oils um, quite freely. They have mechanisms in place. And those two vessels uh, that were now sanctioned as part of the Ukraine situation were already sanctioned uh, under they run the Iran situation. situation. Yeah. So it's it, there is a lot of games. They chose those vessels with clear understanding of, of how this I see. plays uh, out and uh, to do so within uh, a... a complex reality, uh, it, it seems that everybody are playing their games. Uh, and ultimately, this also indicates and, and mm -hmm. provides somewhat of a uh, understanding of 
to what degree everything is connected. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, right now, the negotiations taking place in Vienna, they're somewhat stalled, uh, but there are still conversations taking place. Uh, there are implications mm-hmm. uh, that are going to also uh, project towards Iran, towards Syria. Things may get rough in Syria. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Iranians are going to utilize the situation where the whole world is focused now on, on Ukraine and Russia to... Uh, basically use the the fact that the attention is diverted yes. to try and you know transfer more weaponry they already have new contracts with uh, terrorist organizations throughout the region throughout Africa throughout South America uh, in order to further its interests at a time when uh, the accountability is diminished yes okay? yes and I'm sure that you know Israel has its eye on these, you know, intentions and the movements that go on their borders. Absolutely. So Israel is closely monitoring everything that is happening. Um, there are many events taking place. Uh, we can also see beyond Israel. There is more understandings between Israel and its Gulf partners mm-hmm. on the necessity to cooperate more deeply uh, with uh Even Saudi Arabia is more active together with the United Arab Emirates. Of course, there are different uh, politics yeah. taking place there. Um, but many things are happening right now. We may see an escalation in the region, a word that keeps um, repeating itself, miscalculation. Mm-hmm. When wars occur, tensions are high, and therefore miscalculation is... Is significantly more likely mm-hmm. so we need to keep this in mind and understand that we have a responsibility as believers to pray for the situation to stand up for our brothers and sisters to understand that the mm-hmm. game of Thrones between leaders you know it's wrongly translated in Hebrew it says Mikes the games of throne throne one yeah. throne in in English it is uh, a game of many thrones and mm-hmm. Because these are world leaders vying for power, mm-hmm. uh, vying for dominance. Uh, after 30 years, since 1991 till 2001, the United States was the undisputed hegemon of the world, the Rome of the 21st century as the academia defines it. Mm-hmm. We don't need to understand that there are other um, superpowers at play who view their diminished economy at this stage as As only a temporary respite mm-hmm. so they will return and bring uh, their agendas and their narratives to the way the the uh, Russians uh, look at the situation the way the the Chinese obviously look at the situation each one have their own tactics their own strategies at play yeah. long-term plan short-term plan Absolutely. by the way also the the Iranians also the Turks also many countries around the world and see themselves as a viable contender yeah you know so nonetheless one thing we can always keep in mind God is in control and that is something that is encouraging for us as believers and uh, praise God hallelujah so really thank you Jonathan we ran out of time again and thank you to all of our viewers please pray for the situation understand what's happening and join us again next time for another episode of editor's note you 
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.